Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. And Ike, some good news amid the coronavirus pandemic, a potential vaccine to COVID-19 has been created at the University of Pittsburgh Lab. Finally, some good news. You know I had to start in Pittsburgh. Still strong. That's what they call the city. Still strong. Yeah, I saw that. Actually, uh, I was talking to you earlier, one of my homegirls. Um, I think she wound up catching it uh, last year, to be exact, like around November. And um, they really didn't know at the time, but she wound up getting over it in like 10 days. So now they called her back and they wanted to take a sample of her blood work to see what kind of blood she had, exactly what she got in her system, her immune system to fight it off so fast. So I think the more they're doing these tests, which I see why they're doing it, the quicker they can get this vaccine. But if you just look at Pittsburgh, if you look at ACL surgeries, if you look at shoulder surgeries, if you look, because I had a forearm surgery, if you look at fish oil pills and out with this vaccine, like the University of Pittsburgh and its doctors have come up with a lot, a lot, one a days, come up with a lot of a lot of medicines ASAP really before it's time. So shout out to the city of Pittsburgh and their doctors, nurses. Just shout out to everybody, really. Uh, I think people have been talking about us athletes, and I think people are starting to see now how important, you know, sports is mentally, psychologically, to not only people who can write, do journalist work, camera people, ph- photographers, analysts, um, producers, that's how important the sports world is to society. But to flip the script, you really don't, coming from an athlete, and I'm just talking as an athlete, the more important people, the teachers, the doctors, the janitors, the firefighters, the policemen, the nurses, the people who put their life, like we ain't putting our life on the line. When it comes down to viruses like this, that's a worldwide pandemic, we ain't putting our life on the line. You know, we just, we just entertain them, basically. We entertain them. We, we, we somewhat superheroes, but the real superheroes are the people who are putting their life and their health uh, day in and day out, just the Amazon workers. Like, I love Amazon, so, I mean, the UPS, the FedEx, man, the Postal, just every day, they just putting whatever, the Publix, like the grocery store, the, what, every day they putting something on the line for us and our needs, so just want to shout out for that, Mark. And one thing that sports always does, I can we talk about this a lot, is talking about how it's a uniter. And I think that's what we're starting to see now with this pandemic is that people are starting to band together. They're starting to unite for the purposes of public health. Now, the Pitt scientists, they want to begin the first of three stages of human testing for their COVID-19 vaccine in the next several months. The trials could be completed within the next 12 to 18 months. So I know a lot of people have said that this might take at least a year to figure out, but at least least there's some hope, at least there's some optimism with this news. Yeah, it's a lot of hope. Like I say, man, it's a a mutated disease. So what, and people got to understand is whatever you got going on bad in your body, it's going to regulate it and it's going to enhance it and it's going to push it at a rapid pace. That's, that's what this disease is. So the best thing you can do is just stay clean, you know, which we should have been doing from the get-go, but you know, some people are, but um, if you just stay clean and do the simple things, you know, but I really believe building your immune system is everything. And, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like Mark, man, just drinking out the hose pipe outside, 
you know, just catching the chicken pops, just just catching catching the flu, just a lot of stuff we was catching. Um, and you really didn't understand what the old people was thinking at the time. Like, why would you want to sit beside somebody who has chicken pops? And they're ahead of their time to build to build your immune system, you know. So even though I'm waiting for the vaccine, as a person, you know, I always kind of go kind of go left because I always look at, you know, health and building your immune system and just eating and working out and just doing the proper stuff. Like, you ain't got to work out like a maniac. Like, I work out like a maniac. I don't expect everybody to work out like me, like a maniac, but just some kind of physical activity, you know, just walking every day, eating right. So it's opening a lot of people's eyes up to what they need to do lifestyle-wise as far as, like, working out and eating, you know. So I'm just glad the people just the world in general, uh, for one, the, the the pro players coming together, giving up some of their salaries. You know, I saw a few soccer players over there, Ronaldo and his homeboy, giving up a whole salary. I think it was like a hundred something million, giving up a whole salary for the most part, just to feed his city. You know, Starberry, aka Stephon Marbury. You know, he's trying to get ten million masks in New York. You know, Robert Kraft, he one point five on the plane when it came down to the mask. So. A lot of people just doing a little, a lot of good stuff in this world. And you, you said it before, it's just good to see people come together. Before we go too deep into the weeds, Ike, let's dive right into the mailbag of listener questions because I know we're going to be talking more about coronavirus and the pandemic and everything that's going on and the impact on sports. So let's dive into this mailbag here from listeners, and we're going to have a lot more thoughts on this and also the impact on the NFL draft later this month too. But Deuce Snedeker writes in and said, in the 2001 playoffs, the Steelers' offense accused the Patriots' defense of knowing their audible calls. He said, since Ike didn't get drafted until 2003, does he know of it, and how much does he buy into the Patriots cheating or not cheating? I mean, it depends on who you talk to. You know, Joy Porter feels some kind of way about it, so he'll tell you. But you know me, if you if you gotta do that to beat me, it, it, that's just so I'm that good. Or we that good. That's how I look at it. If if you gotta do all that, that's just letting you know you're really not that good and we're that good. So it's cheap. But um it don't bother me by the end of the day. Football is a an organized violent sport, so you still gotta smack somebody in the face as hard as you can, as 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 many times as you can and as violent as you can. So that's how I look at it. Like, yeah, you might know my cause and know exactly what I'm going to do, but stop me. So just depending on who you talk to, people give you a different response. But I ain't really tripping on that. Like, you know, football is a physical sport. So X's and O's going to play itself out, which I get. But at the same time, we still got to go out there and play. And your former coach, Mike Tomlin, was quoted as saying, when there's smoke, there's fire. And obviously the Patriots have been in – Deflate Gate and Spy Gate and this whole uh, scandal with the I believe it was the Bengals this past year with Jay Glazer and everything. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is probably going on. You know, I kind of think of what happened with the Houston Astros in this past season to where it's like, you can't tell me that the scouting departments of other teams aren't trying to do the same thing and trying to get a leg up in any way that they can to try to get a competitive advantage in any way that they can. I think that almost kind of goes into scouting in today's game. It was just getting caught. 
That's all. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's just you got caught like air. Your hand, your so, hands in the some cookie way, jar. Somehow, if you look at it, everybody's still a some. It's just they get caught. Let's go to the next question. Lotta Saavedra has a three-part question, so I'll ask each of these questions one at a time. Okay. Lotta writes, do you think they'll slide the football season back? They say they're not. But from, from how it's going, it might, it might be pushed back. You know, so I'm sure they're talking to, you know, TV deals, you know, networks. You know, they can figure out the analysts and producers. We we can figure that out easy. So now it comes down to players and what kind of shape they're in, how much time they get to spend with each other at a rapid pace. So, yeah, I think it's going to get pushed back. Just my personal opinion, I think it will get pushed back just because of what's going on. Like, you can't be in a large setting of groups. That's just how it is. So how are you just going to go out and just play? Right now what we're going through, they keep pushing – you know, the state laws back, you know, the, the quarantine back. So now it's April the 30th. It might go back to May the 30th. If it goes into May, you got to push football back. If this quarantine goes into the end of May or, or worldwide and you got to stay um, out of groups, group settings for a while, it's just going to get pushed back. That's just how it is. Now, if they, if they, if they uplift this, this quarantine the end of April, we might got a chance. Might got a chance. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be a chance. But if it goes into the end of May, Mark, my personal opinion, yeah, the, the season's going to get pushed back. I think OTAs are going to get canceled, just my personal opinion. And I think training camp might be scaled back. You're spot on, Ike, in, in that the NFL on Tuesday during a conference call, league officials announced that the season would start in September and that teams would play their full 16-game schedule with fans in attendance. Obviously, with everything that's going on with the pandemic, it changes by the day, sometimes even by the hour of what the advisories that the health officials that are advocating for. And so that leads to Lotta's second question, which I think is a very good one. Do you think players will protest if the league mandates that they play, but for fear of potentially getting coronavirus? No, I don't think the league would be that naive and mandate. I don't think, I don't think, well, I hope not. Like they be doing some crazy shit, but I, I don't think I don't think the league or mandate that. Especially when we talking about people help, right? You know, so we you 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 can do that. What they will do if it does get pushed back, say they don't uplift it in May, and they they'll uplift it late June. Just my personal opinion, and we won't have to spread this word because I know people are gonna steal our opinion. They're going to make training camp like how, how old training camp used to be. They're going to push that thing to six weeks, bro. They're going to push it to six weeks. So just for the listeners, out, what, what is the difference? What does that mean just for the listeners who aren't as familiar with that, so, Mike? So, so training, camp, training camp is two and a half, three weeks. You know, training camp is two and a half, three weeks. Uh, I don't think, like you said, there will be no OTAs. So you will be away from your family for – you know, six, six to seven weeks. They're going to go back to the old school training camp, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be a little tougher. It's going to be old school rules. I think they're going to go back to the old school rules where you're able to hit, you know, where you're able to get physical because you've been off of football for so long and you still got to get your body in football mode. So I think for, for this year, for this year, if it goes into June, if they uplifted in May, you might got a chance, like you say, they're going to take the OTAs away. Guys going to start training camp the first week in July. Guarantee. The first week in July, 
everybody gonna start training camp. The season will get pushed back, I think, but six to eight weeks in training camp, I think, for a lot of people, just to get these guys back in the groove, get them in some kind of football shape. You got new free agents going to different areas, different area codes and different teams. So they got to get familiar with their guys. The only way they can do that if they're around their guys 24-7. So that's what I can see coming from if they don't uplift this quarantine nationwide after April or May. That's a really good point, Ike, in terms of it might be a heavier concentration. We know, at least in the United States, New York has some of the highest concentration of the virus right now compared to other parts of the country, which might have a very low infection rate. So that's a great point in terms of nationwide, this thing needs to clear before we can have the all go to be able to function and do the things that the teams need to do. I would think that either the NFL or the teams would test each of its players for COVID-19 or if they're experiencing the symptoms. Now, this is just what we know so far. Typically, coronavirus is more fatal for people who are older or if they have underlying health illnesses. I think about the athletes who have tested positive of coronavirus. Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz, Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets, Coach Sean Payton. They all appear like they're going to be okay in the long run. The mortality rate is actually lower than what's being reported, and here's why. It's calculated by the number of people who have died divided by the number of positive tests. You can only have a positive test if you're tested for the coronavirus. How many people out there have the coronavirus right now but are either asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms? So if there's any silver lining, if there's any silver lining with all of this is that COVID-19 is not more deadly. We are very fortunate it, with every, in, in all seriousness. Yes, it's, it's terrible. The tens of thousands of people who have lost their lives. We are very, very fortunate that the death or the mortality rate is not higher than it is. Yeah. And that's what the media do. You know, they guesstimate and they tell them, they push, they push, they push, they push. How about telling us some good news? How about telling us what Mark just told us? You know, Mark, Mark Bergen just told us, how about telling us, you know, it's not as bad as you think it is. So that's how I look at it. Like, y'all, y'all just, and y'all, I'm talking about the media. Y'all just want to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing death, pushing death. Like, we all know fear brings some kind of power. But for the people who educate themselves, when they start to educate themselves, they start to stand up. And when they start to stand up, man, I ain't going to let you lie to me. I ain't going to let you food poison my mind. You know what I'm saying? So that's what people got to start understanding, like, get in depth. Start doing your own research. You know, stop just listening to the media, to the news on this is what's going on, this is what's going on, this is what's... Because if you just sit there and think about it, every time you watch the news and there's no knock to the news, anybody who works for any kind of news, bringing the news to me, but really ain't nothing positive, man. I can't get, I can't get a foundation on the news. I can't get somebody to help this old lady across the street on the news. I can't... I can't get, man, look what so and such and such doing in the community on the news. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of positive stuff that goes on. I just can't get on the news. So all I get on the news is a killing, is a virus, is a death, or is it at war? That's all I'm getting on the news. Every, every blue moon, they might sprinkle, they might sprinkle a lost dog been found or a lost cat been found. Well, man, there's too many positive things going on. And, and, and that's what these people got to understand, Mark, man, the more positive you think. The more positive you talk, man, it's contagious. 
that, that's what people don't get, man. Like when you start talking positive, that shit is contagious. Just like if you start talking negative, that shit is contagious. So when I say I just want to be around positive people, man, that shit just contagious. It frees my mind, it opens me up, it makes me a better person. You start just staying around negative people, and that's to the news. That's what it is. Like, there's really nothing. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's probably high, high 90s. There's really nothing positive. It's just, this is what's going on in your neighborhood. You know, like we don't already know that. What you just said resonates with me so much. Let's get to the third part of Lada's question, just because it all ties into all of this. She asks, what do you think will change once we're allowed to gather in large groups again? We ain't taking enough for granted no more. Yeah. And, 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 and I've, been say, I've been saying this. I've been saying, I've been saying waking up, we take waking up for granted. We take, as soon as I, as soon as, I don't care who you serve, as soon as you feel like he wakes you up, whether it's him or her or yourself, you take it, you get lazy, you take that day for granted. We don't know when we're going to go. We don't know when our time is up. So don't take life for granted. One. Two, you're starting to see it's cool to be a, a nurse. It's cool to be a, a driver for a dump truck or a janitorial service. It's cool to be a doctor. It's cool to bring the news to people if you want to be an anchor. It's cool to be a journalist. It's, it's, it's cool to be a public worker. It's cool to work at a grocery. It's cool to volunteer. Like, these are a lot of jobs that's cool. That probably wasn't cool. But now this has to go on for people to see that it's cool. It's rare. It's rare. It's rare. It's rare to, the, it's rare to make it to be a professional athlete. It's rare. It's rare as hell. 2,500 in the NFL. 2,500 out the world. In the world. In the NFL. That's rare. That's like you can't even hit the ladder. And that's Lotto. bigger than other leagues because you have a 53-man yeah. roster compared to, what do they, carry 15 on NBA? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, if you want to talk about NBA, man, you got to go to the NBA, G League. Yeah, they got so many leagues. In ba- they got so many leagues in baseball and basketball, man. You might not even ever make it. You might not ever make it. But it's cool to have these jobs that you see that you're needed every day. No, you don't get the attention for it. But in times like these, man, them the only people we can really rely on. So it's cool to have them nine to fives. It is. That's dealing with people. Technology gonna be a mother. And what I mean by that, what the old school CEOs has been doing, the old school CEOs, they like to travel, have conferences, have conventions. The younger generation been on this conference calling, network, Zoom, FaceTiming. We can get all, we ain't got to be in the same building to get work done. That's what the younger generation been doing. So now the CEOs, now the other people got to fall in line with the younger generation and be like, damn, so you mean to tell me I can cut costs on flights? I can cut costs on hotels? I can cut costs on all these bills and we can just get a lot of stuff done? We can be more efficient. and, And still be efficient? Yeah. Yeah, get out the Flintstones and come to the Jets. And we've been saying this for the longest. Get out the old school days, come to the new school. This is what these young kids doing. Now, if it's very important and we all got to meet, I get it. If it's, if it's an important top, topic 
or something we all got to sit down and talk about face to face, I get it. But man, like what me, what me and you doing right now face to face, that's all this young generation been talking about. I ain't got to be there to get the job done. And for me, like 9-11, post 9-11, when TSA and flight security changed, I think consumer habits are going to change. I heard this great podcast interview that John Taffer from Bar Rescue did with Barstool Sports, and he brought up the Las Vegas Strip. The Las Vegas Strip has not closed since 1963 when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. They don't even have doors on the casinos there because this is such an unprecedented situation. So they've had to board everything up and to make sure that everything's closed to abide by the social distancing guidelines that have come down from the federal government, state level government, what have you. Restaurant capacity, even when we get back to normal, I don't think people are going to be right, want to be right on top of each other right away after all this. So restaurant capacity goes down to what, 60, 70%. And you've got that decline in revenue that you have to make up for. Think about things like movie theaters, right? You're not going to be in a packed movie theater really ever again. What I think is going to happen is you'll get groups of two, four, six, eight to where you'll have a private server come serve you like a, like a VIP experience you'd have at a club or a bar, have a server come wait on you and you'll be with your group of people watching on a big screen. There are going to be so many things that change post-pandemic once all of this clears, once either we do get a vaccine, this virus is eradicated. Consumer habits are going to change. And so I just heard some of those things. Ike, it really just blew my mind. Once everything clear, which I think totally in about a year and a half, two years. All the and, way. and that's the thing. We will get through all this. We just don't know when. Yeah, I'm giving it two years max. Once I think it clears, what I think this is doing is really making you be home and stay with your family. So all this family, rah, 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 and man, I need to get away to get away from my wife, or man, I need to get away to get away from my husband, or all these part-time parents, I call them. I call them part-time parents. They don't want to be full-time parents. It's making you enjoy and understand and just realizing how important family really is. You know, I'm seeing kids on the block playing, what is dodgeball, cricket, plastic baseball, soccer. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen this many people outside playing with their family since I've been here, man. It's been 2005. I mean, you and I talked about this earlier. That's all we knew was the outside. We ain't know nothing about inside. You know, so. I mean, even even my little community, man, getting in groups, riding around on a bicycle, running with them in groups like, you know, uh, the Indian run. I don't, know if, I don't know if people know the Indian run, everybody get in one line, and whoever at the back got to catch the person in the front. But it's it, it's fun, but it's, it's, it's tough conditioning. But you're getting all that in a community. You know, cornhole, which is an up north, you know, uh, type of type of sport, type of game. They even got that on ESPN. You know, that comes on ESPN now. So I'm just glad to see at this time, and it's sad to say we had to come to this to get to this. So we had to get this virus pandemic for us to understand and value how much family is. Family and life, really, for me, it has been cool to see just the unique ways that people have connected together and communicated and checked on 
loved ones and family, if there's any silver lining of all of this, getting to see that and to see how creative people have been with all of that has been really eye-opening. Ike, let's get to the next question. Joey Highroller writes, how much of an effect do you think the new draft setup is going to have on teams? Now, let me preface this with, initially the draft was going to be in Las Vegas and the new draft picks were going to go up on stage with, with a boat in front of the fountains in Vegas and everything. I think it was going to be at the Bellagio. It was going to be awesome. Now it's only going to be a TV event. It's not going to be in Las Vegas. But I think it's really important that the NFL does have the draft because it gives us something to talk about, a lot like free agency did in mid-March, that finally we have something new and fresh to talk about to kind of take our mind off everything that's going on with the pandemic. Uh, speaking of the draft, next week, you and I, Mark, we'll get into our draft picks, teams, mm -hmm and guys where they're going, just to give the viewers and the listeners this. The draft, just going back to old school, 19, 1980s draft, way back in the day where they just called your phone at your crib. Like if you knew you was going first or second round, they called your phone, they told you where you was going, and bam, there you go. It's Instagram Live. That's all the draft gonna be, Instagram Live. And I'm sure everybody, for the most part, got some kind of social media on their phone or can connect to some kind of social media on their phone. It's gonna be cool. This is just a new wave. You gotta improvise. And improvising and not letting this virus stop some of the things you can do, which is that NFL draft, it's gonna be perfect. So now the producers gotta come up with innovative ways. They gotta find new schemes. They gotta do something new, which is great because that's what they love to do anyway. I like, I've been on TV, so I know the producers are out the box. These TV producers, you gotta, you gotta kind of, you got to get them back down to earth because they be out of space a lot. But they mind is, they mind think two, three years ahead of everybody else. It's, called, we gotta catch it's up. called producer vision. Producer yeah, vision we, where you want something that really can't be achieved or can't be done. And it's like, oh, what if we tried this, this, and this, and this? And it's like, okay, but reality is, is these are sometimes our limitations and for good reason. I, I've noticed it in my in my experiences in the TV industry. It's the producer vision. And for us, it would happen with producer would say something of, oh, we want a reporter to cover the story in this way. And that's just not possible. And sometimes it's just the producer vision of what they envision happening. Uh, I think that the ratings for this month's draft Ike, are going to be through the roof because really, what has the NFL draft had to compete with there are no other sports going on right now because everything's canceled. It is, it's going to be at an all-time high. It's going to be at an all-time high. This draft will break records. It, it, will, it will break records. First of all, the draft is very entertaining. Like it's, it's more now entertainment than anything. But now you get to see real live people with their family and see real live reactions. You know, when you're, when you're in the first round, you really just get to see for the guys who want to go and get that experience who don't want to stay home. You just really get to see them walking on stage, you know? So it's like, it's like going to an event, like going to a war show. But now, man, you really get to see that Brett Favre kind of deal. You really get to see that Deion Sanders kind of deal. Like you get to see like, and it's good for the family. Like it's going to bring great moments and memories for the family. So, in 30 years from now, 
you know, when 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 Brett Favre got drafted and then I think it was Baker Mayfield, he wound up showing the same picture when Brett Favre got drafted like 30, 40, like 30 years ago. Like, that's 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 beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to see. Like, it brings memory. It, it brings the moment. You capture pictures. And, and there's no better picture than spending your time and letting people see how joyful you are with your family. Yeah, NFL has taken a draft to a whole nother level, but you know, sometimes level is simplicity. You know, the highest level is simplicity. So I think with this simplicity, and you said it, there's really nothing else to do. Everybody's just going to be watching TV. Whew, that's going to be like a game. So once it come on, it's a wrap, man. They're going to break all kinds of records and ratings. The league's going to fight, figure out the logistics to make sure everyone stays safe and everything. And so I cannot wait. I'm happy that it's still on. The league's going to find a way. Everyone's going to stay safe. And again, we'll finally have something new to talk about with everything that's going on. Let's get to the next question, though. Amanda Lebro writes, of the new NFC South quarterbacks, how do you see them stacking up? Ike, this is something we talked about quite a bit on our last podcast with Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But how would you rank the NFC South quarterbacks? So you've got the Saints, the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Panthers. I mean, you still got you got to go to Saints. Saints first, Bucks second, Panthers third, and who's fourth? The Falcons. Yeah, the Falcons fourth. Um, my, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Carolina. I'm gonna take Carolina over the Falcons, and the reason why I'm gonna take Carolina over the Falcons is because they're much more of a running team than a passing team. So that's why I'm taking Teddy Bridgewater. He can also run as well, you know. So I'm going to go with uh, Saints, Bucks, Panthers, then uh, Atlanta Falcons. I will flip the Falcons and the Panthers for this reason. I, I think you value Christian McCaffrey in the Panthers' backfield. I think the continuity of keeping Dan Quinn and his staff helps Matt Ryan. Quinn was on the hot seat last season. And really, the Falcons haven't been the same since they lost in the Super Bowl to the Patriots a few years ago. But with the Panthers, you've got a brand new system with Matt Rule. He's a first-time NFL head coach. I understand the relationship that Bridgewater has with offensive coordinator Joe Brady, but the Panthers have had huge changeover. Cam Newton's gone. Luke Keekley abruptly retired. Tight end Greg Olson left. I just think that changeover is going to be too much to overcome. So I'm going to take the Falcons over the Panthers for that reason. So we differ a little bit there, but I still have the Saints ahead of the Bucks right now too. I'm with you there. See the reason why I'm taking the reason why I'm taking the uh, Carolina Panthers over the Falcons, Mark, is because one, the Falcons ain't been the same since two Super Bowl. Everybody got older, so it's not like they're getting younger. Then you then a new then a new league. Then you just read today, Ty Gurley haven't really have been cleared on the deal to go to Atlanta. So it's like, and their defense been okay. So it's like, okay, if we're looking at the offensive side, them guys, they haven't really been on the decline, but they really haven't been doing too much. And Sanu leaves in the middle of the season the last year, then they really fall all the way down. Julio have been playing 16 games in the past three years. Matt Ryan has been injury prone in the past three years. Uh, so now we tell now you telling me all of a sudden, the older they get, they're not going. They just going to shy away from injuries. I kind of look at it differently. The older you get, the more injured you will get, especially if you've been getting injured at a young age. 
So that's why I'm going with Carolina over the Falcons. You mentioned age, Ike. Drew Brees, 41 years old. Tom Brady will be 43. Matt Ryan is 34, so he's starting to get up there too. Teddy Bridgewater, 27 years old. So good call there. I, I hear you there. The next question comes from Daniel Sexton, and he asks, what's been the hardest thing about doing the podcast and what's been the most rewarding? I'll let you start, Ike. Uh, the hardest thing about doing a podcast is really nothing hard. Mark been making this good for me. So Mark come up with the – I mean, we, we, we both talk about the topics, but Mark, for the most part, he's been coming up. My partner right here I'm looking at, he's been coming up, you know, with the topics and stuff to talk about. So we'll kind of go through like a little pregame session on what we want to talk about. But um, really nothing been been that hard, especially if you want to work with somebody that you really want to work with. So it ain't been that hard. Um, the funnest thing about the podcast is just doing the podcast, getting back in the groove, just keeping you up to date on what's going on in the NFL. You still got to be educated. You just can't be talking about the 05, whatever, what you was doing this 2020. So you just got to stay relevant and understand what's going on with this new generation. So, man, this podcast has been fun. Um, just just give it after this pandemic get through. Uh, y'all, y'all are starting to see, you know, me and Mark not only on TV, but Maybe maybe radio TV. Um, just give us some time. So remember, this is, this is 2020, April the 3rd or 4th? The 3rd. Remember I said this. Y'all going to see us on TV ASAP. Don't be surprised. One of the things I try to accomplish every episode, Ike, is to make sure I'm setting you up for opportunities to dwell on your experience of having 12 years in the NFL, a league where most guys last three, maybe four seasons. Whenever I try to do any kind of journalistic work, I'm a big, big advocate of collaborating because I'm of the notion that multiple sets of eyes or multiple hands are a lot better than just one person individually. Whenever I do any kind of journalistic work too, I always ask myself the question, what value am I providing a reader, a listener, or a viewer? Am I making them smarter? Am I entertaining them? Am I being authentic? Am I being original? I think we've accomplished those pillars in if we are, and you know that it's a gut feeling. I know that I'm being successful. And probably the most rewarding thing, Ike, was when you went on ESPN radio and you were uh, with Golik and Wingo in the morning show. And it was really cool when they gave the Believe in Steelers podcast a shout out. And I had a middle school math teacher who I haven't heard from in years reach out to me on Facebook and say, I heard your name this morning on ESPN radio and it's small things like that that help me sustain and keep going and move forward and to do good work and to provide that insight for people. That's what I try to accomplish. And that's what I try to do with this show each week. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Mark. Let's uh, take a quick break and tell you about true classic teas. Super excited to tell you about, our new sponsor. Style is changing, formal wear is out, and the t-shirt is in. True Classic Tees are my favorite. It's based in LA and is a t-shirt company that's on the rise. The t-shirts are soft, they hold up in the wash, and are incredibly versatile. You can wear them out, you can wear them to work out, and you can wear them around the house, which is something we're all going to be doing here for the foreseeable future. The best part is, though, is that True Classic Tees are incredibly cheap. You can get them for only $15, and now you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's Believe, B 
B-L-E-A-V at trueclassictees.com. Ike, we've got one more question, and this comes from James West. And he says, if your podcast had a Ben and Jerry's flavor, what would it be called and what are the ingredients and flavors? A Ben and Jerry's flavor? The flavor will be called my partner now. <laughs> the flavor will be called my partner now. My, M-Y, uh, partner, P-O-T-N-A. New Orleans style, Nolens. Yeah. Dem, D-E-M, my partner now. So <laughs> that's what the name of the flavor will be called. So it would be, uh, it would be just just a straight up mix between chocolate, vanilla, chocolate, vanilla, and a little bit of sherbet, a little bit of that green sherbet, just okay. a little bit of that green sherbet. So yeah, that'd be the mix. I had the Steel City Swirl, and what goes into that, you got about two thirds chocolate, one third vanilla. You get some cookie dough, some Oreo bits in there, and then you got to sprinkle in some black and yellow M and M's in honor of the Steelers too. So okay. the Steel okay. City Swirl. I was trying to come up with some sort of alliteration or goofy name. You always see the Ben and Jerry's where they've got the craziest names when you're at the grocery store. And that's uh, why I came. That's why I came on my partner though. I thought that was a great question from James. Uh, so thank you to <laughs> thank you to him for that. It was funny when we sent this out. We want to get feedback as much as we can from listeners. And so I, I texted some buddies of mine. I'm like, hey, send us, some, send us some questions. It's going to lead to a better discussion between Ike and I. And it lets us be creative and go in directions that I don't think we would otherwise go. So thank you for the listeners to reaching out there. Oh, 100%. Appreciate the listeners. Hey, thanks for the questions too. So it's giving us something to do. Even though we're on a downtime, y'all on a downtime, we're we going to spend this time as much as we can together. Let's take one more quick break, tell you about betonline.ag. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think that there's nothing to bet on, but BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And sports aren't totally done. Well, sort of. There's still mixed martial arts, American Idol, the elections. And so they're still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, the fun never ends. Ike, anything else you want to get to before we sign off here? It, it is the offseason. It has been slower. Next week's show, I'm really excited to do a deep dive in the draft. We know that Joe Burrow is going to be one of the top picks. Chase Young is going to be one of the top picks. But other guys we like in the draft, well, you want to do like a pick-by-pick pick thing? I think that'd probably be the best way to go about that. And then we can also go over who the Steelers are going to target in the second round as well. H how do you want to do that next week? So since it's a believe in Steelers kind of draft, let's start off with what I think and what we think the Steelers might draft in the second round. And then we can, we can come up with our picks are for the first round. You know, let's, let's, let's hit our picks in the first round. But let's start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. In the second round, let's talk about what we think they're going to get. Of course, Bud, they just hit Bud with a tag, so that's good. The Steelers are really loading up on defense. They got him a fullback and an extra tight end. Last time I checked that, that was Ben when he was a rookie year. He had two tight ends, had a fullback, had a hell of a defense. All he had to do was stay healthy, make a few plays, and there you go. So don't be surprised is what I'm telling you. 
the Pittsburgh get to that Super Bowl. Now since Tom Brady left the New England Patriots, tell me. That is what we call a tease in the business. That is what we call a tease. We'll leave that for you for next week's show. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. And you can listen to the Believe in Steelers podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, and tune in. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Hey, peace. Everybody stay healthy. Stay safe. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care. So long, everyone. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.